It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on eight. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. You are locked on Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, I would say happy Thanksgiving, but if you're listening to this, probably a lot of Vikings fans down in the dumps right now. Minnesota loses 16-13 in a must-win game at Ford Field. A devastating collapse, the second in four weeks against the Detroit Lions. Hats off to them. The Crunch Time Cats winning again after trailing in the fourth quarter. They take a stranglehold on the division with a 7-4 record and a tiebreaker over the Minnesota Vikings, who now trail virtually by two games. Time to start thinking about the wild card for Minnesota. It's Sam Ekstrom, the host, at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. This is going to be a quick reaction, sort of knee-jerk podcast 10 to 15 minutes then we'll get out of your hair and let you go enjoy your family enjoy your food and enjoy the rest of the football today thanks a lot for listening I think a lot of people are going to be very down on the offense after this game and there's certainly some merit to that the Vikings were two of ten on third down that's unacceptable And I think the most frustrating part of that is probably that most of them were completed passes that just came up short of the sticks. No matter how short or long the Vikings conversion was, they were constantly throwing behind the chains and doing it intentionally. This wasn't the Vikings sending Bradford back, having him go through two or three reads and then checking down. This was one step drop release short of the sticks. And there were a few wide angle shots that CBS showed, which had three, four guys all running short routes. This is the nature of the beast. When you have a porous offensive line that just continues to atrophy and lose pieces, Joe Berger gets concussed. Nick Easton, the Harvard center. He's no Matt Burke. He's your starting center. Jeremiah Searles goes down, and the rookie Willie, Willie Beavers comes in to replace him. So when fans get upset about the offense not producing or not scoring in the red zone, yeah, it's frustrating, but I think the offense pretty much did what it was capable of. When you're down to your sixth string tackle and you get in the red zone, you would love to score a touchdown. But I think taking into account the way the game was going in the second half, playing conservatively, first to tie the game with that field goal in the third quarter, and then to take the lead with a field goal in the fourth quarter, 
was not the worst decision in the world. It's debatable, but I don't think it's the worst decision in the world when the defense is playing the way it is. The Vikings offense did enough and just enough to give them a lead with five minutes left in the fourth quarter and Detroit facing a 99-yard field with the ball at their own one-yard line, having gotten nothing in the second half. The Vikings' blitzes were getting home. They were covering well. They were tackling soundly. And you put that defense in a position to stop Detroit with 99 yards of real estate in front of them? Of course you'll take that. You would rather take that than risk a sack of Bradford or an interception. And I think the final Vikings offensive play validates that. That once Bradford was forced to make a difficult throw, things went amiss. And a wacky sequence leading up to it. Bradford makes the throw to McKinnon, first down Vikings on third and two. It gets waved off due to Cordero Patterson lining up improperly. Haven't seen a good replay of it yet. I'm sure that'll be examined in the coming hours and days. Whether or not it was a penalty or was not, I imagine it probably was. So that kills you. Then you're in third and long. Lions obviously know you're going to have to pass it at least seven yards downfield. Great job by Darius Slay. He picks it off. Looks like Patterson almost ripped the ball out. Slay's knee was probably down by an eyelash, and that's history. Matt Prater's not going to miss from 40 yards indoors. A disheartening loss, to say the least. But again, I'm putting this one more on the defense for surrendering a game-tying field goal drive when they had Detroit pinned in the shadows of their own goalpost. Hats off to Jeff Locke, who pinned them three times inside the 20. The defense was impeccable in the second half until it mattered most. Deja vu of four weeks ago when Detroit, again, against all odds, ties the game late, and in this case, they take a lead on the final play of regulation. Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison, here to tell you Geico has more than just great savings. Much more. Geico's been around for more than 75 years, back when they were using Morse code. Sorry, that's just my sense of humor. What's more, with Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents on the app, online, or over the phone, so you can talk to them at night or in the morning. So forevermore, just know that no other auto insurer has more more than Geico. More power to you. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. It sure didn't feel like Minnesota was going to win that game in overtime if it got to that point based on the way the offense was going. Once they gave up that game-tying field goal, I feel like the optimism got sucked away. The stat lines between Bradford and Stafford will not be indicative of how the game was played. Bradford, 31 of 37, 224. And virtually nothing downfield. Matt Stafford, 23 of 40, 232. An early touchdown. But made some outstanding throws. Particularly early and late. Not so much in the middle. But his ability to zing the ball in tight windows. His ability to scramble around and 
convert on some key third downs, it's pretty big. Things that Bradford not necessarily that gifted at. This had the feeling toward the end of a game that Minnesota was going to steal. It didn't feel like Minnesota necessarily deserved to win the game. Constantly creating self-inflicted wounds, giving up yardage early in that game particularly, but not breaking. Detroit played a much better first half. Second half, Minnesota maybe had the edge for three quarters of it. But all told, Minnesota was very close to stealing that game. Very different than four weeks ago, when I think Minnesota deserved to win and had it stolen away. This was the reverse, where if Minnesota can win that game 13-10, feels like you're playing with house money, you've got a 7-4 record, you've got a lead in the division, let's roll the dice against Dallas. Suddenly, the Dallas game becomes a must-win, and it's Dallas. It's 9-1 Dallas and their running game and their young quarterback who's very mobile. The standings don't look promising for the Minnesota Vikings, but they are not out of the race. I repeat, there's still five games left. They are not out of the race, especially if you look at the schedule. The Vikings trail the New York Giants by a game and a half in the wildcard standings and they have the tiebreaker against New York. So that's the team you want to target. You've also got Washington at 6-3-1, and one, that goofy tie there at the end. Washington is currently two games better in the loss column with the tie. So Minnesota needs the NFC East to start dropping some games, New York and Washington. It's still very attainable when you consider that after Dallas... Minnesota gets to play Indianapolis. Very winnable. That's a home game. They get to play at Jacksonville. Extremely winnable. They get to host the Chicago Bears. Extremely winnable. That's a Week 17 game that you can't lose. So that gets the Vikings to nine. Then the question is, can you either upset Dallas at home or beat a struggling Green Bay team on the road? If you win one of those two games, you get to 10 wins and you hope for some help. 10 wins has probably a 50-50 chance of getting you a wild card. The Vikings need to win the games they're supposed to win and then steal one of two. It's not like Minnesota is Cleveland levels of bad right now. They are not the San Francisco 49ers. They are not the Chicago Bears. The Vikings have played four consecutive winnable football games. They should have beaten Detroit twice now. They could have beaten Washington easily. And they did beat Arizona. The difference between now and early in the year is the Vikings aren't killing teams. And with the injuries they have on that line, not sure they're going to. It's a team that was very dependent on return touchdowns, and it's a team that is going to continue to be dependent on special teams and defense to win. The offense is very constrained to the point now where they're not even gambling that the offensive line can block. They're assuming 
that they're not going to block. They're taking that for granted going in and gearing the game plan around it. Sam Bradford didn't get sacked in Thursday's game because the Vikings were going about it preventatively, trying to always move the ball forward. They didn't want to say, well, let's wait and see. Let's see if Willie Beavers can block here and send Bradford on a deep drop. Vikings didn't even take that risk. It's maddening to watch, but the alternative is not great either. The alternative is you find yourself in second and 17. So this might be the cross the Vikings have to bear for the rest of the year, as difficult as that is to swallow. When the defense has a team pinned at the one, they are expected to win the football game. And they couldn't do it today, and the Vikings lose 16-13. Sage Rosenfels will join the show Friday morning. We'll talk much more about this. We'll have some comments, I'm sure, from Zimmer and from the locker room to digest. Hopefully an injury update or two. Joe Berger concussion, Jeremiah Searles injury. I think it might be a hamstring. Vikings play next Thursday against Dallas. Thanksgiving edition of Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for taking time out of your family day. And we'll talk to you in the morning. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked On NBA Network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked On Wolves daily, Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Locked On Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.